Hi, I'm Jan. And I'm Lynn. Welcome to the Lamplighters podcast. Lamplighters is a community that encourages women to grow in our faith through the study of God's Word. And we are grateful to be on this journey with you this year as we travel through the Bible, following stories of some of the women who have impacted our faith. Jan, it's always so exciting to start off a new year. <laughs> shall we jump in? Of course we shall. But before we jump in, you know I always have a before. Yes. Let's let's start with a welcome back. Okay. You know, we have a lot of friends who are part of our community, uh, those in Austin and those who study with us remotely. And so I just want to encourage us by remembering that we are all part of the same community. Um, we have several parts. Each may not be aware of the others. So I just wanted to remind us that we in Austin have virtual groups on Monday evening that sometimes are hybrid and meet in person. We have in-person Wednesday morning meetings, um, and we have a Thursday noon meeting. We also have on-location meetings in people's homes. Here in Austin, that's Northwest Hills and Cedar Park. We also have a walking group. And we have a Dallas group that calls themselves the Mafia. Don't you wish we could meet them and (laughs) hear that story? Yes. Anyway, I want to welcome all. I mean, it would be wonderful if we could all be in the same space and maybe someday this side of heaven. But in the meantime, we can remember that we are connected and we pray for each other. Okay, so start us off by telling us what this study is about. Okay, this is going to be a fun year, I think, an exciting year, because this year is going to be all about looking into the lives of some of the women in the Bible who, all these eons later, <laughs> have had a lasting influence on our faith as we are Christian women today. Exactly. You know, of course, what that meant was we had to spend some time deciding who to focus on because there are far too many women in the Bible, both named and unnamed, for us to have a study with all of them in it. So, you know me, as a person who always wants to see the bright side of everything, this was a little bit of a challenge <laughs> because I wanted to pick all the virtuous women who I wanted to be more like, right? They yes. set the right example. Yes. Uh, but the truth is, there's a lot to be learned from the mistakes made by some of the women whose actions were maybe not quite as honorable. And, and those choices will have been mine. So well, you're off the hook there. Okay. All right, I'll blame you. Yeah, okay. So I, I, this is something that's actually very f- familiar to me, this, this thought pattern, because when my children were getting to be a little bit older, they weren't, you know, they weren't little kids. They were probably junior high and high school and, and even beyond that. I started reminding them that there are lessons going on all the time. Mm-hmm to learn from other people. You know, we can see someone doing something that we want to emulate, of course. But more importantly, or as importantly sometimes, we can see behaviors that show us how we don't want to be. And that is part of what we will notice this year. We will see women who make great choices, you know, and then we're going to see women who make some that we're just kind of like, oh, huh, wonder wonder why she did that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a little questionable. And there will likely be some discomfort because we're going to see ourselves in these women and the choices that they make, both good and bad. But the real overarching theme that connects us with these women and makes all of their stories relevant today is the way that we are going to see God respond 
to these women and the choices that they have made. Yes, yes. And it's definitely a broad study. Mm-hmm. Um, we are not going to study the Proverbs 31 woman. Yes. This will be the last time I mention her. Uh, that ideal uh, example of wisdom and virtue who summarizes the entire book of Proverbs. Mm-hmm. The first time I studied her, literally, I laughed out loud. Yeah. And then I started rolling my eyes because I fall so short of that perfection. Right. So that's the last time I will mention her. However, I will say something in response to what you said. Is we do as human beings have a tendency to categorize as either or. Right. You know, either good or bad. But these women, in fact, all people are not mm-hmm. either or. They're right. both and. And right. we need to we need to look for the both and in each of these people we're going to be looking at this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So give us an overview of the cast of characters. Well, we're going to have a little bit of everybody. We're going to have queens and servants. We'll have warriors and judges, prophets and evangelists, um, unnamed women, as well as one with an actual title. They come from all walks of life. They come from different countries. They come from different religions and vastly different economic circumstances. Yep. So in short, they are going to be both extraordinary and completely ordinary, just like us. Exactly. Um, some are the main characters. Mm-hmm. Some are on the margins. I love those particularly yeah. because God is most often at work on the margins. Right. So knowing that we're going to have a variety of types of women to look at, let's back up and get the big picture because it's going to help us stay oriented. This okay. is the thread we're going to follow all the way through the study, right? Mm-hmm. For several years, we've had our noses down in specific topics, and this year we're going to back up and take a look at the overarching story of the Bible. Hmm. So we're going to follow that arc from Genesis to the early church in the first century um, through the lives of some amazing and some not-so-amazing women. So, in a nutshell, the Bible is the story of the one true creator God who called a family, Abraham's family, Hmm. To be the remedy for the defilement and the destruction that came into a perfect world through the sin of Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. And God never desists from that purpose, okay? In spite of all the continued unfaithfulness of His people, God's purpose is to restore humanity, and indeed all of creation, to its proper relation to both God and to each other. That's a big story. Yeah. And the Bible presents this overarching story as a story that's actually going somewhere. You know, that there mm-hmm. is movement, mm-hmm. beginning, middle, and end. Um, think of the Old Testament maybe as early chapters in mm-hmm. the story and the New Testament as later chapters in the story, if that helps you. But they are all part of the whole story. You mm-hmm. can't understand one without the other. That's why we're going to spend a lot of time in the first five books of the Bible, because they're not just the beginning of the story. They're the foundation of the story. Mm -hmm. They orient us on how to read and how to understand the whole rest of the Bible. They introduce those key promises uh, that God makes to show God's uh, purpose in the history, and they lay the groundwork for the coming in Christ right there at the very beginning. Mm. And guess who is right in the middle of this grand story? Mm -hmm. It's women. Now, I said we're going to spend a lot of time in the early chapters of the Bible because these 
women's stories are foundational. They're an integral part of the story. Mm -hmm. But we will move on from that. And remember, as we move, it's the fulfillment of God's promises that constitute the storyline. Okay? It's Mm -hmm. a story of gradual, frequently delayed, often difficult fulfillment, but it is ultimately fulfilled Mm -hmm. in Jesus Christ. It's a a story of divine mercy and grace, and we're going to see God at work in all of these women's lives in that way. So we're going to look at the story through the lenses of these women. That's the thing I want to encourage people to do, is when when we study a woman, look through her Mm -hmm. to see what God's doing in and through her life, because the circumstances will be very different for all of these women. However, even though the circumstances are different, the story is going to resonate with us today. Yeah. We are more like them than maybe we like to think. Yeah, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm so glad you're pointing us back to this big picture because I think it's going to be easy to get sidetracked this year. I've noticed as I've already started <laughs> um, looking at the details in some of these women's lives that it's very easy to get tangled up in comparing what they were going through with what it's like in our world today. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot to talk about, the, the idea of the patriarchal society, you know, where women were second-class citizens, if that, mm-hmm. um, they really had no rights. So what do you want to say? Yeah, <laughs> well, I, that's a challenge. It's a challenge for us today. Yeah. So we are very far removed millennia removed Mm -hmm. from ancient life. And it's important to try to visualize the lives of these women as they were and to delve into that big picture about how they are represented in God's Word. It's extremely difficult, and we have to try really hard not to overlay our 21st century Western Mm -hmm. postmodern cultural lenses onto these women and their stories. For example— Sometimes I, or I should say we, but I'm going to say I, tend to think of women as not very important in the Bible, Mm -hmm. with a few exceptions like Eve. Obviously, she was important, and Mary, the mother of Jesus. (laughs) She was important, right? And yet, they're not really secondary figures. Right. Uh, Some women played essential roles in God's plan of salvation. And if we look carefully, we can see the value and the worth that God places on women Mm -hmm. from Genesis to Revelation. That's very different than the ancient world that surrounded the Hebrew people, Mm -hmm. okay? We're brief history here. In ancient times, pagan cultures definitely tended to debase and degrade women. Mm -hmm. They weren't even second-class citizens. Right. In Greek thought they were inferior creatures by nature. Hmm. They were just born inferior. (laughs) Nothing they could do about it. Um, In the Roman culture, they were personal possessions of their husbands or their fathers or their sons. And pagan religions tended to fuel and encourage the devaluation of women even more. For Hmm. example, even the temples that were dedicated to the worship of goddesses didn't elevate the status of women in that society. They they served as temple prostitutes mm. who sold themselves for money um, to perform, quote-unquote, religious sacraments. Mm-hmm. And the male deities were even worse. I mean, they were notoriously capricious and misogynistic. They hated women. Mm-hmm. 
the religious ceremonies of these pagan cultures were blatantly obscene. Mm -hmm. They had erotic fertility rites, drunken temple orgies, even human sacrifice. And you can see, when you know that, why God keeps telling his people, don't have anything to do with those religions. Don't have anything to do with pagans. Don't intermarry them. You know, don't, Mm -hmm. don't, don't. He sets his people apart. And one of the ways he does that is in Scripture. You know, one of the unique features of the Bible is the way it exalts women. Mm -hmm. And I had never really thought about this because I sort of had the, oh, gosh, they weren't very valued. And in some cases, that's true. Mm -hmm. But if you think about it, as we're going to study next week, woman appeared at almost exactly the same time as man. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were both created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. They were both given responsibilities over creation. Um, they were different, but they were equal mm-hmm. in the eyes of God. One of the big Ten Commandments is honor your father and your mother. Right. Marriage was a joint endeavor. Mm-hmm. Parenthood was a joint partnership. Both the father and the mother are to be respected and obeyed by their children. The wife shared in the teaching responsibilities of the children. Um, She wasn't in any way secondary there. Uh, They were often uh, wise counselors to their husbands. Even in the New Testament, the church is portrayed as the bride of Christ. So they had a higher profile in the Hebrew world than they did in the pagan world Mm -hmm. around them. They could even be landowners in Israel and uh, partook with men in all the feasts and the celebrations, the public worship of Israel, okay? Mm -hmm. So then we get down to Jesus, and we think about how he treated women. And he elevated women to an unprecedented height in that ancient culture, Mm -hmm. right? His disciples included several women. His first recorded explicit disclosure of his true identity as the Messiah was to a woman. Yeah. Not only a woman, but a Samaritan woman mm-hmm. who talk about being on the margins. Yeah. She was outcast. He treated women with dignity. Mm-hmm. Even those who were outcast and on the margins. He blessed their children. He raised their dead. He forgave their sins. He treated them with virtue and honor. And so that sets up the early church. You know, women were prominent in the early church. They were present at Pentecost. They were renowned for good deeds and hospitality. They received spiritual gifts, Mm -hmm. just like men did. Mm -hmm. They started home churches. They served as missionaries. And even Paul, who sometimes gets a bad rap for how he treats women, Mm -hmm. he ministered alongside them. Now, all of that said, was the ancient world a patriarchal system? Yes, Yes. (laughs) absolutely. Yes, yes. Yes. Did the patriarchal system discount women? Yes. Mm -hmm. As a general rule, yes. But the Bible, when you look at God's Word, doesn't label women as inferior. Mm -hmm. That is a huge contrast to me. Some had very powerful influence, different than men's. Mm -hmm. You know, some had no power at all, but they were important in God's eyes. Mm -hmm. Now, Women tended to be defined in terms of someone or something, Mm -hmm. in terms of a role. They were wife, mother, um, they had a job, they Mm -hmm. came from a different country, whatever. It's not so different than today. Mm -hmm. 
And so we're going to read about other people in the lives of these women, husbands and sons, for example, uh-huh. because they are part of the context of the woman's story. Right. So we ne- we can't just go through and say, we're only going to talk about Eve. Right. Because Adam is lurking. Yes. <laughs> He's yes. part of the story, right? So, and you'll, you'll see them in different context. You'll see them with children, without children, uh, couples, conflicts, family dysfunctions, painful circumstances, impossible situations, inevitable consequences, both good and bad. Mm -hmm. We're going to take a look at all of that, and Mm -hmm. it will begin to sound very familiar to us because we have all those same circumstances in our lives today. So, on the one hand, these were women of incredible courage Great strength, hope, faith, trust. Oh, my gosh, the trust they exhibited in some cases. Unselfish love and sacrifice. That's on the one hand. On the other hand, they were also vulnerable, broken, used and discarded, powerless, Mm -hmm. vengeful, manipulative, the author of their own pain and other people's pain, and a couple of more downright evil. Yeah. So think of them as both courageous and vulnerable, yes. both and, not either or. Another thing you'll notice is that, and I got into this, actually, because some thought their stories were over. Some thought their stories were unimportant. Some thought they didn't have a story. Mm. And, a, and occasionally... They thought they could be the ultimate author of their own story. Oh, I can't even imagine relating to yes, that. And maybe other people's too. Mm-hmm. God never reads the script I write for him. That's I can right. just say that. So in all all of that, they're they're all inspiring or appalling, but they're each essential to God's story. Yeah. Now, the most significant women in scripture were influential, not because of their careers or their husbands or their children or the power they held or didn't hold, but because of their character. Mm -hmm. And this is the one I want us to hold on to. Moral and spiritual qualities leave a true, lasting legacy, whether it is positive or negative. Mm -hmm. Your moral and spiritual qualities are what live on after you. Yeah. We see that in the women. Okay. Now, I, I want to issue a spoiler alert, or maybe at least a content warning. Mm-hmm. Some of these are not easy stories. Yeah. In fact, some are quite disturbing. And I know you and I had that conversation when you were picking all the happy ones and I was picking all the horrible ones. Um, that there, there is a balance, okay? Yes. But some of them are pretty disturbing. Nonetheless, the stories are how God chose to communicate with us. So there's something, there's a gift in each one of these stories that we can mine. Mm -hmm. Uh, They reveal who God is, who we are, who God created us to be, where we belong in God's story, because Mm -hmm. each of us belongs in God's story. We just sometimes may not know where that is. Right. So as we reflect on the meaning of the lives of these women, we're going to begin to see how their lives relate to us. And this is the point where I want to encourage you to be brave and courageous. Okay. Because we're going to come face to face with ourselves. And sometimes that's a good thing. And sometimes it's horrifying. Yeah. You know, if we are honest, we're going to discover feelings and challenges that we have in common with them. And some of them we'd rather not have. Yeah. Okay. 
But we're going to be surprised at how familiar <laughs> these women of old are. You know, we we have the same personality types, the same family problems, same feelings. You know, it's kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly, and the divine in them and in ourselves. So I've rambled on long enough. No, Jan, all this is really great background information to have, and you've given us a lot to think about. Um but it is a lot. <laughs> so, it's always a lot. Sorry. Yeah. So can I just ask you if you have a, a simple summary that we can hold on to or maybe go back to throughout the year if we find ourselves getting um, lost um, in the lessons? Oh, yes. Okay. Three points. I'll pretend I'm Baptist. Three points. Okay. Since the entire story, beginning with Eve, is about God's love and redemptive intent, Look for how God acts in the lives of each woman. Mm-hmm. Okay, these these stories, if they teach us nothing, they teach us that God is involved in the lives of His children. He's not absent. He's right. here with us. And each of these women's lives is a picture in some way, mm-hmm. if you look, of our own salvation and an example of God's love and grace. He sees us. That's the title of the story right. of the study this year. Yeah. He sees us and He acts. So the first point is look through the women to see our Savior. Right. The second point is to reflect on the meaning of each woman's life um, and ask yourself, what do you learn about their moral and spiritual character? So look through the women to see God, look at their moral and spiritual character, and then the third thing is look in the mirror. Yeah. And and don't be afraid. You know, Brene Mm -hmm. Brown talks about how Owning your own story is sometimes hard, but mm-hmm. it's a whole lot easier than running from your story. Oh, yeah. And so I, I expect these stories will be somewhat convicting for us. But if you look for the brokenness in each woman, you're, you're going to see yourself, yeah. which is a good thing mm-hmm. because God meets us in our brokenness, in our impotence, in our uh, what we can't do and fix and control. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we run out of ourselves— that's the spot where God meets us mm-hmm. in our need. So that's the three points. Look through them to see Christ. Look at their moral and spiritual character and look at yourself. Yeah. Okay. And I'm going to close with my favorite quote from, from Tim Keller. He says, we are more broken than we ever dare admit. And we are more loved than we ever dare imagine. God's grace and love is abundant and beyond description. Oh, I just thought of a question. Okay. <laughs> this is the this is the uh, assignment for next week, okay. right? Yep. Think about what women influenced you in your faith, mm-hmm. and beyond that, which of their spiritual and moral characteristics do you most want to emulate? Oh, not just the women, but what it was about them yeah. that you want to emulate. Yeah, what was it that drew you there? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have fun with that. Well, I think it's going to be a great year, and um, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to next week when we start our first lesson with the first woman, who, of course, had to be Eve. Eve. <laughs> so until next time. <laughs>